Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. For those of you who are regular listeners, you might realize we took a little uh, hiatus from the podcast for a short time. We took about two weeks off, and it wasn't really intended, but I was not ahead in getting a lot of interviews recorded, and I went on vacation, and my intention was that while I was on vacation, I would record a couple of episodes about sort of whatever was on my mind, maybe something I observed, maybe interview somebody while I was on the road, and I forgot to bring the microphone that plugs into my iPhone. So I was not able to actually record while I was on vacation. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I have never missed an episode in a year and a half of the podcast. And then I realized one of the things about being an entrepreneur is sometimes you have to say, oh well. And I just had to step back and say, you know what? I forgot the microphone. I'm here with my family. We were on the coast of Georgia. We'd rented a beach house with some friends, and we were cooking dinner every night and going out and exploring restaurants, and then we moved on to Charleston. And I got to say, I've never been to Charleston before, and what an absolutely amazing city. And you could eat your way through Charleston. I don't think if you were there for a month, you could stop eating great food at the restaurant scene in Charleston. But I decided that, you know what? I'm on vacation. And sometimes you just got to take a breath. So I let it go that I didn't have the ability to record podcasts while I was on the road. And it was interesting to me. I actually heard from about a dozen listeners who were like, there's not an episode. What happened? And so I had to write back and say, sorry, we, we took an accidental hiatus, but we are back. And we're going back big because today we have a great interview. We have my friend, Krista Tuttle. And Krista is the founder and CEO of Launch marketing. And I, I can't wait for her to tell you what her company does and how she got started and then what her company has grown into because it's a perfect story of somebody who just sort of took their future into their own hands, created something as a solopreneur, and then started adding other people. And now she has a legitimate growing business. She's doing amazing things. And I'm just really excited to have her here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Well, thank you. So tell everybody what is launch marketing and what makes it fantastic. Absolutely. Well, after that intro, I'm going to have to build it up even more. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, so launch started in 2001 and we're essentially a boutique marketing firm here in Austin. And what we say is that from strategy to execution, we are a well-oiled machine and we help tech-oriented companies build a sales pipeline that kicks but wow, so, well, who, yeah. does, who doesn't want to kick butt? That's fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, being a podcast, I even toned it down a little bit. In person, <laughs> I get a little more colorful. So. I think we could say kick ass on here. I think that's okay. Okay. Well, that's really what I generally say. <laughs> I, I don't think I have to click the little box of explicit language. I think if we just go to the other words, that's where it gets bad. Perfect. So Perfect. what led you to be an entrepreneur? What's your backstory? Sure. Well, it's a it's an interesting story. You know, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. However, I never really envisioned myself as being one. 
Um, and so I uh, came up the chain kind of in the corporate world. I started in hospitality industry, managing a restaurant and then the banquet division at the Hyatt Hotels. Which is actually where we met because my wife was a sales manager at the Hyatt in Austin back at that same time about 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's been a long time friendship, which is awesome. Um, but so after that, I moved, I wanted a change. And it was interesting because one of my employees was like, you need to go check out this tech startup. And that company was called Trilogy. So he literally made me go get my resume back in the day when they actually were printed out on paper <laughs> and uh, passed it to um, a recruiter at Trilogy who he knew well. And next thing you know, there I am. Um, and so I was the fourth person in marketing there. I worked there until the marketing team alone grew to over 50 people. Um, I was very hem heavy emphasis on kind of the lead gen side and more event specific. And um, we truly drove about 50% of the leads generated for the company at the time, myself and um, my team of five. So, let's, so let's just let me jump in here. How does one go from managing a restaurant in a hotel to being one of the first marketing people at a hot startup. I mean, what was that transition like? You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I think all my life I have felt very blessed that there have been um, opportunities in front of me that I have just jumped on and embraced. And, and so my background was a business degree and a psych minor, um, managing uh, very large events in a banquet division and a team of 75 people. Um, when the when Trilogy spoke to me, they were looking for someone to drive events. And I think in their minds at the time, it might have been with a little bit more of a logistics focus, right? Because I knew the ins and outs of that side of things. But what really was most critical was getting the marketing efforts right. And I had a natural inclination um, that way. And I was truly inspired. So it was an amazing, amazing experience to be a part of. And after I got to Trilogy, what I realized is technology is my home. Um, I love and I get really excited about crazy things like ones and zeros and algorithms. And, and that stuff really um, feeds my soul, if you will. So that became my sweet spot. And I have worked in tech um, ever since then. So, um, so that's been great. But after Trilogy, I went on and I worked at um, TL Ventures, a VC firm, from 99 to 2001. And in 2001, kind of the bottom dropped out a little bit, and TL went from being, um, you know, needing marketing both nationally and across the five regions they served, because an entrepreneur at that point in time would submit their business plan to one or two VCs. So it was critical to be on that list. And after that change in the economy, it went that every single entrepreneur was sending out their business plan to every single VC. And so marketing wasn't really a key component at that point in time. And also, you know, they weren't making as many investments. Well, and that was a pretty heady time to be working for a venture capital firm. I mean, 1999 through 2001, I mean, those were, those were the go-go days. I mean, that was, that was some like boom, boom times, right? Absolutely. And, you know, before that, I was at a trilogy from early 97 to 99, and that was heady as well. I mean, we spun off companies left and right. PC order went public. Um, there was a lot going on just in general in the tech community nationally, but also here in Austin. So it was a great time. It was, it was fun for sure. So then the bottom, uh, the bottom dropped out in 2001. And what happened then? Yeah. So I was laid off from TL Ventures. And so I started thinking about what I was going to do next. 
And I um, interviewed for multiple positions. I actually had several different job offers. But kind of my philosophy all my life has been I I need to be so excited about the opportunity that I'm willing to scrub toilets. You know, not that I really want to do that, but (laughs) just that I'd be willing to do anything and everything for that particular company that I believe in. And, um, and, and then I had at the same time, I had several entrepreneurial friends and each of them were like, Hey, excuse me, we need help. Let's, um, you know, come help us with marketing, come help us launch this product. And I kept putting them off and saying, no, no, I'm figuring out what I want to do long term. And, um, so I have, so I, I didn't pursue it. And then about a month later, I thought, you know, what the heck I am going to try this. I'm, I don't have to make a life decision. I can just try this for six months. And if I like it, I'll keep going. And if I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll get a corporate job again. And well, needless to say, so September 10th of 2001 is the official date when I made that decision. And, uh, and as you can imagine, um, September 11th, the next morning, um, had a really big impact on you know, the nation as a whole. Um, and so it was definitely an interesting time to uh, decide to go out on an entrepreneurial endeavor. But ultimately, you know, starting at that point, I think every single thing since then has been an up, right? Um, at six months, I was too busy to stop if I wanted to, and <laughs> I was having a blast. And there is nothing more important to me than being able to add value, make an impact, and have fun doing it. And so at year two, I hired my first employee and then we've just, you know, grown steadily from there. And as I say now, I'm probably not employable. So I'm going to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life. How many employees do you have at launch now? We're a team of 15 here. So we have 10 employees and then several very long-term contractors that we've worked with, which have expertise in specific areas. So that is, uh, that is so awesome that in 15 years you have grown from, eh, I think I'll stick my toe in the water and see how this goes, to 15 people on your team and the company is just you know, doing gangbusters. And I don't know that I ever realized that you made that decision the night before 9-11. That is, that is sort of gave me the chills when I heard that. Yeah, yeah. And the inspiring activity was when I was at TL, um, back at that time there was, if you may remember, Red Herring, the magazine? Oh, of course, yeah. And... Uh, they had reached out to me to say they wanted to throw a big party because they wanted to make a splash in Austin. And they were asking, you know, who's who that should be on that invite list. So I've worked with them to help them um, because of my connections at TL and kind of knew who were great people to invite. And, uh, and so that event happened on the 10th. And that was kind of my impetus. It was like I neither, either needed to attend that event saying, hey, I'm starting something and pass out that business card or, hey, I'm looking for corporate opportunities and, you know, pass out my contact information, if you will, to those I already hadn't had conversations with. So, yeah, so that was the trigger. Well, and, you know, it's just a reminder to everybody who listens. People always sort of overanalyze, like, when's the best time to start a business? Or, you know, when should I be, you know, doing this? Or maybe the economy's not right. I mean, really, you know, starting the business the morning after, you know, 9-11, really, you know, hitting the ground running is proof that there there's no great time, but even in bad times, you can start something that's that's going to grow and, and become something major. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just about, you know, being smart about decisions on the way. Um, you know, I'm also a services-based business, 
So that uh, has some different opportunities and challenges compared to um, entrepreneurs that are, you know, building software or hardware companies. But, uh, but yeah, there are always challenges. It's all in how you approach them. So you're coming up on your 15th anniversary of being an entrepreneur and doing this full-time and, and, and really building something legit. So what do you absolutely love about the life you've created? Gosh, you know, I, I pinch myself on a regular basis because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just having fun. Um, you know, I kind of feel that to a certain extent it's like I have a new job every day because I get to work with so many amazing people. Um, you know, our clients, the entrepreneurs and founders of those companies are often who I work with or the leadership teams, both internally with the team that we have here. And of course, you know, working on some really cool uh, technology. So I get exposure to a lot of uh, software and hardware opportunities, you know, sometimes six months to even a year before they'll ever hit the market. And, and that's neat to be a part of. And it's neat to help to be able to help and have an impact and, and drive results for that entrepreneurial company that I'm supporting. So and in this, you know, 15-year period, you've met your husband and you've had two children. How do you balance, you know, life with a family with a growing company? You know, um, I remember when um, I've always been super hard driving and hard working. And I remember thinking, oh, when I get married, I'll be more balanced. And then, oh, when I have children, I'll be more balanced. And I think um, the thing that has finally worked best for me, because it's equally important for me to be a kick-ass mom, as it is, you know, to be a really great um, manager to my team and uh person to all of our, our client companies. And so I think I just very intentionally make time. So I turn off my, you know, launch marketing mind and spend time with my children on the evenings and weekends. And if I do need to do some work, then I, then I do it in times when maybe they're otherwise engaged or already in bed. And then I just bring it at work. Um, I think the other thing is it's so important to also take care of yourself because the more you take care of yourself, the more you have to give to others. And so for me, my personal outlet is I'm passionate about horses and I um, ride hunter jumpers and just last year um, bought a horse. So that was my commitment to me that if I bought a horse, I would ride three, four times a week. And um, so that really <clears throat> fulfills me so as well. That is so awesome because I think that that's something that is so easy for all of us to do is to forget to have that that personal thing that feeds your soul, for lack of a better term. And uh -huh. I think that I've seen that as your friend that, you know, since you've gotten the horse, you seem to be just more grounded. You just seem really like you found your thing having that outlet. Is that right? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, I've been riding for years and years, but there was a turning point when I was like, I'm going to buy that horse now because that made it a really solid uh, commitment on my part because I like to do everything kind of all in. And so with that, yeah, it's, it's definitely helping me to be a bit more balanced. And it's interesting to hear that, um, that you see that as well. So that's, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so you, you have created this life that you love and, and you're a kick-ass entrepreneur and a kick-ass wife and mother, but is there any part of having gone down this path where you just think, oh my God, Krista, what have I done? And you think, <laughs> I wish I had just, you know, gone to that party for, you know, that night and pe passed out resumes instead of cards that said launch marketing. 
You know, that's a great question. And to be honest, um, I think for the first like year and a half, I still, I, I waffled back and forth. You know, people were still talking to me about, hey, would you be interested in coming and working for our company full time? And I had a few discussions along those lines. And so I would say that was the point when I waffled. But, you know, ever since I hired that first employee, I mean, kind of, I am an all-in person. And so once I made that decision, I was on board. And um, since then, certainly there are some hard days, but there's never a time when I've looked back and said, wow, I wish I was on a different path. I mean, this is definitely my path. So what advice do you have for somebody who's listening to this podcast right now and they think, I, I want to do this. I, I want to be all in. I want to jump and start my own business. What, what would you tell them? Um, I would say go for it, but with planning. So Tom, you know me well. I'm a very uh, thoughtful person before I do anything. So I would probably say like a couple key things. One would be develop a clear vision for the company. So whether you are um, looking to create a product or are going to be a services organization, it's really uncovering what is that pain point that you can truly solve and have an impact on the customer. You know, I work with a, with a ton of entrepreneurs that are building, you know, really cool products and sometimes they, they may not quite address a key pain point that will move a customer to buy. And so there's some tweaking in that process to get it to that point. And I think up front, if entrepreneurs spend time really uncovering what that is, then they can address it. You know, for me, as I was going through that evaluation process before I decided on that September 10th date, I talked to a bunch of entrepreneurs who were running services companies, more specifically on the you know, marketing side or a similar service to understand what were their you know, similar questions that you're asking me. What did they love? What did they find challenging? What were their lessons learned? I explored a lot whether I should do this solo or go in with a partner. I had some partner discussions as well. And, um, and I just basically took kind of all of that insight and feedback to shape how I would start the company and also what would be the angle that I would take with launch marketing that would have a very clear impact on, you know, those companies or clients that I worked with. So I would say that is one. Um, and then the other, I, you know, again, this is services, but it, it absolutely applies to um, technology products as well. And that is when it comes to process and scaling, don't reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, I saw this... Um, in particular, when I was when I was at Trilogy, um, it was a super fast-paced, moving environment, and there were some amazing experiences there. But there wasn't maybe as much communication as there could have been between individuals. So as torches were passed from one person to the next, you know that next person would reinvent the wheel on what they were doing. And so I think that's something that I really took away from that experience is about speaking with others reading a lot, joining groups, asking questions and listening to just learn from others about, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what failed miserably. And then out of that, I've, those experience of, experiences has really influenced how I built my company because then I haven't made, knock on wood, you know, any of those exact same mistakes. Um, and, and I think it's really helped to propel my business forward um, as well. So I've got more questions for you before I let you go. But first, sure. I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. 
Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Krista Tuttle. For an exclusive offer to those who listen to cool things entrepreneurs do, visit podfly.net slash cool things. So Krista, I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time. And, you know, so I kind of know the answer to the question before I ask it. But how important do you think networking is for people who want to go out and start their own business, for people who are entrepreneurial? How, how important is your community? Oh, great question. So uh, absolutely critical. Um, <clears throat> I think there's two levels to look at it. And, you know, over the course of time in business, I think um, I've, I've learned more and more about not only um, how valuable networking is from, from a learning perspective, but then also from a sharing perspective, right? Um, so on kind of the personal side, as an entrepreneur, I think sometimes it's a little bit of a lone breed. You know, as a fellow entrepreneur, Tom, I can completely relate to you, and I have, I'm lucky to have many entrepreneurial friends. And so we relate well to each other because we understand kind of the struggles and the challenges and, and can bounce ideas off, off of each other. And other entrepreneurs really get where you're coming from. So that's super valuable. Um, I think professionally as well, um, you know, I shared before I started my company about how I reached out to my network there to get their insights and perspective, which really helped to crystallize for me exactly who my company was going to be and, and where we were going to head. And then also, you know, just ideas. You know, right now I'm currently... Uh, working on some different ideas for launch and reaching out to my network, running it past them to get some advice and guidance or thoughts. And, and so that's been super valuable in uh, growing my business as well. And then likewise, when we're working with clients, um, part of what we do is some market research on the space, especially when we're doing messaging development. And so that's where our network, their network, and just smart market research comes into play to really uncover what is the best way to approach um, the messaging and positioning for that particular company? So it, it's they stand out and are unique and memorable and um, engaging with their prospective customers. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what is the coolest thing you're doing with launch marketing right now? Sure. Um, so, you know, services-based business, I think there's kind of a twofold question for that here. So there's both what we're doing on the client side and what we're doing at launch. And so right now at launch, um, we're in a super exciting time. I'm working with a colleague on basically formulating, formulating a new line of business for the company. And, um, you know, it's, it's come out of what we're starting to see as both a market need and an opportunity where we have a lot of expertise. And so kind of in a nutshell, um, within the tech community across the nation, you can see that there's a continued increase in private equity uh, being available, and PE firms are looking for more and more places to invest. And that's even continuing to pick up the pace to, to more you know, M&A activity. So we see that as a huge opportunity on the marketing front on a couple levels. Um, first, with you know, when an acquisition occurs, there is that pivotal window that you have, which is very, very small, of ensuring that you communicate clearly to 
customers to prospects to employees to the media and the market in general and ensuring that you have like a really clear positioning of the acquisition and the value of bringing those two organizations together and then there is also that you know when an acquisition occurs one of the key things is the customer base that's being acquired in addition to the technology and so attrition of customers is something that anybody and everybody wants to avoid. And so really clear communication on that front can minimize that shrinkage, which is what the PE firms would call that. So we're, we're kind of creating some ideas around how we can package services around that, as well as on the back end, you know, there's that integration of, of the product roadmap, um, demand gen campaigns, and then the data and technology integration, like marketing automation solutions, etc. So we have been um, lucky enough to be involved in multiple scenarios like I've just described uh, with different companies around Austin and and seeing that opportunity we're looking to just kind of formalize that a little bit more. That's awesome and it, it, what, what's great about it is it's a perfect example of what entrepreneurs do. You're, you're watching the market for where is there a void and you have an expertise that can fill that void and therefore there's a whole new product line born. Absolutely. Yeah, which was cool. <laughs> that, that's and then we're awesome. doing amazing stuff with clients too, you know. Um, of course, like I said, we get to see companies and products before they go to market. Um, but And so that's always fun. So whereas that cool stuff we can't talk about, <laughs> we can talk about once they launch. And we've had some, some great launches even in just the last two months. So. So, so what's one of the coolest things? Is there anything you can talk about that was really kind of neat that you worked on? Um, absolutely. So I can talk about the ones that have launched because now they're in the market. So um, I could just share maybe the mo two most recent ones. Sure. So uh, depending on the nerdiness factor of the audience, they, they can really relate to I, some of these. I, so. I got some big, there's some big nerds who listen. You're so, good. Um, so one is a company um, called Virago Technologies, and they are essentially a fabulous semiconductor company. And they have patented technology um, that basically is focused on kind of integrated chip components and it ruggedizes or hardens them so that they can work in extreme temperatures or when exposed to radiation. Hmm. And so, you know, that can be used in outer space, on oil rigs, in airplanes, a, a large variety of areas. And so that is, that is a really cool thing, you know, that most consumers won't necessarily ever see, but uh, is really important. So, and then on the consumer side, you know, the smart home space is, is a hot space right now. And we just helped um, Aquanta.io, and they are a retrofitable water heater that works similarly to a Nest. And it basically heats water when you need it and turns it off when you don't so that you can save money. And wow. it can substantially save on um, your water bill in, in just the first you know, month of having it. So that's a, cool, that's a cool, widely applicable product that we got to work on. So as someone who's self-described as just being wackily crazy for tech, how cool that you get to work on these different types of things and kind of peek under the, behind the curtain at all these things kind of all the time. I, yeah, it is. It's pretty awesome. And it's why I don't really consider what I do a job. It really is just fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's what we all kind of dream of, right? Is we look for a way to, to earn money and feed our family and, and, and build our careers. And at the same time, be able to wake up every day and, and smile about what we do. 
Absolutely. So I think in addition to starting great companies like Launch Marketing, I, I think that great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So one of my favorite questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show is who's another entrepreneur out there who you admire? And sometimes people say Elon Musk, and sometimes they tell me about the dry cleaner on the corner or anything in between. So Krista, who's a cool entrepreneur where you think, gosh, they're just crushing it? Wow, that's a great question. So um, I am surrounded by amazing entrepreneurs and feel super lucky that way. So it is hard to pick one, but uh, besides you, Tom, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I think I would probably call out um, Ingrid Vanderbilt. Um, she is a tech entrepreneur, investor, she's a global speaker on entrepreneurship, and her big focus, you know, we talk, I talked earlier about the importance of a clear vision, is that she wants to empower a billion women by 2020. And man, when she first said that, uh, I think it's been about five, six years ago, I thought, wow, how does one make that happen? And it's been amazing to watch her as an entrepreneur and what she is accomplishing and the impact she's having to bring that vision to life. And, you know, that goal of how that translate is she translates is she wants to get a mobile device in the hands of every woman and provide um, them access to both financial literacy and mentoring tools to fuel success as leaders and as future entrepreneurs in this this truly is a global focus, and um, I, I've been blessed to have known her for, gosh, I think 17 or 18 years now, and just seeing her grow and evolve, and gosh, I think by 2020, she's going to be way past a billion. Mm. So that is inspiring to me on a very grand scale. Yeah, she is a big thinker. I actually ran into her at a wine bar uh, 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 on my birthday the other day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was reminded that I actually met her about the time I turned 35 because she was with me at my 35th birthday. We had a table at the Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, and she was one of the guests at that table 15 years ago. And if you were to have said 15 years ago what she was going to be doing today, I don't think anybody would have believed it. Or, or maybe we would have, but uh, she is a big thinker who's doing huge things, and it was fun to run into her after so many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's amazing. So in addition to being great observers, I also think that entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. They, they want to leave their mark on the world. So what do you do to give back to the greater good? Great question. So yes, I mean, absolutely having an impact beyond my personal footprint is very important to me. Um, so I've done a combination of, I think, uh, of both uh, financial support and then volunteerism. And there are a couple uh, nonprofits that are very close to my heart. Um, one is Breakthrough, who I know, um, Jessica Darcy, and she founded it many, many years ago and brought me in, and I've been involved ever since. And it essentially provides a path to college starting in middle school for low income students who will then become first generation college graduates. And, you know, I am a big believer in children and providing opportunities for our next generation. So, so that just resonates really well with me. Um, and in fact, uh, Launch Marketing this year as part of Amplify Austin, we did a challenge match uh, to support Breakthrough. So that was exciting. That was our first year to do a challenge match with them. And we'll probably continue to do that for several more years because 
it, it uh, had a very significant impact on the money raised for them in the course of that day. So that was exciting. Hmm, that's and great. Then, um, other organizations that I'm passionate about are the Austin Children's Shelter and the Humane Society. So across all of those three have contributed. And then um, volunteer-wise, also, you know, I have had many experiences as an entrepreneur and love to share that with others. And so I'm mentoring uh, several entrepreneurs um, as well as they grow their businesses. And then I'm also getting very involved in Entrepreneurs Organization, which is an organization I joined here in Austin back in the beginning of last year. And I'm also active in the Entrepreneurs Organization, which I joined here in Austin in the beginning of 2015, and super excited to get involved there as well, volunteering. I'm currently active on the membership committee and you know, hope to move up to a board level position in the next year or so, because it's really important to me to give back to organizations that I'm involved with. Well, an entrepreneur's organization, also known as EO, is such a great organization for entrepreneurs. I was involved with their accelerator program some, some years ago and would have loved to have stayed involved. My problem was is my business didn't scale to the size that uh, sort of matched their, their piece. And the other thing is I traveled so much it was hard to make the meetings because obviously I make money when I'm on the road as a speaker or a master of ceremonies. So it was really hard to commit to, to being there for the actual meetings. But I learned so much in that year that I participated with EO and I made so many great friends with so many entrepreneurs that – you know, I, I toast you for being so involved in giving back to that organization because I think they matter. Thank you. Yeah, you know, um, it was I first heard about that organization probably six or seven years ago and aspired to be a part of it as well. So um, I'm excited now to be there and uh, really, really both getting a lot out of it and uh, giving back. Awesome. So Krista, it was a delight to have you here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If anybody was listening and, and they want to know, how, how can I find out more about launch marketing? How do I find out more about Krista Tuttle? Where do they find you? Sure. So our web address is uh, launch-marketing.com. Or we're also on Twitter at launchmktg. Excellent. Well, I think everybody should run over to Twitter and follow Launch MKTG and check out her website for everything that she has and, and th that she's doing. And I really, once again, just have, think this was a delightful conversation that's going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people who listen to this episode. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be a part of it. And for everybody who tuned in, as I always say, thank you so much. We wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for the listeners. And I apologize for our little vacation that we took for a couple of weeks, but we are back and we'll be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Krista Tuttle. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.